1: Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that takes you for a spin through history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today, we're singing the praises of the revolving door, an invention that's improved the efficiency and aesthetics of modern architecture and kept crowds moving for more than a century and counting. The day was August 7th, 1888. American inventor Theophilus Van Cannell was granted a patent for the revolving door. His design, described in the patent as a storm door structure, consisted of three individual panels, or doors, attached to a central shaft that rotated within a glass-enclosed cylinder. The system was meant to be installed in large buildings as a way to keep cold air and street noise from following people inside, Whenever one door was pushed open, the other two would immediately fill the gaps at the entrance and exit, keeping the intrusion of the outside world to a minimum. A similar invention called the draftless door had been patented in Germany seven years earlier by H. Bachhacker of Berlin, but his version never caught on, and there's no evidence that Van Cannell had any knowledge of it. The Philadelphia inventor came up with the idea on his own while working the front desk in a Philadelphia lobby. One cold winter morning in the 1880s, he got fed up with constantly being blasted by cold air and noise every time someone came in or left the building. Every person passing through, he later said, first brings a chilling gust of wind with its snow, rain, or dust, including the noise of the street. Then comes the unwelcome bang as the door slams shut behind them. Van Cannell decided to confront the problem head-on by designing a new kind of door, one that could maintain the seal of the building and that couldn't be blown shut by the wind. He finalized his design in 1888 and received the patent for it on August 7th of that year. Not long after, the desk clerk turned inventor founded his own business, the Stormproof Door Company of Philadelphia. You might imagine that Van Cannell's first clients would be from his own city, but according to most sources, the first revolving door was actually installed at Rector's Lobster Palace in New York City's Times Square. Of course, even if New York was the earliest adopter, the invention certainly caught on in Van Cannell's hometown as well. Within a few years, revolving doors were ferrying customers in and out of stores, restaurants, hotels, and office buildings all over Philly, New York, and beyond. The usefulness of a door that's always opened and always closed was recognized from the very beginning. In fact, Van Cannell was even awarded Philadelphia's prestigious John Scott Medal in 1889. But during the early 20th century, the revolving door became more vital than ever. The second industrial revolution had changed the American landscape, especially in large cities, where towering skyscrapers were beginning to dominate the skyline. Buildings that tall had introduced a new problem for architects. They realized that the stairwells and elevator shafts located in a lobby created a vacuum in the building. And because of the difference in air pressure between the inside and the outside, this made the building's exterior doors harder to open and to keep closed. If you've ever had trouble opening a conventional swinging door, it was likely due to this change in pressure. The revolving door solved the problem by allowing air to enter and exit the building at a nearly constant rate, ensuring that the pressure doesn't change so drastically. Initially, it was that advantage alone that compelled big city architects to include revolving doors in their designs. But once the buildings were actually built, they realized there was an aesthetic benefit as well. Moving from the small, cramped compartment of a revolving door into the wide-open lobby of a building made the space seem larger and more impressive, so from then on, revolving doors became an easy and effective way to create a dramatic entrance for patrons. Hollywood took notice as well, and wasted no time in tapping into the comedic possibilities of revolving doors. Charlie Chaplin's 1917 film, The Cure, was one of the earliest demonstrations of a now-classic gag, someone going round and round in a revolving door until they make themselves dizzy. A few years later, the Three Stooges helped popularize another, walking into a revolving door as a group, only to get separated from the others. The invention had provided a new, versatile tool for slapstick comedy, and it continues to draw big laughs even today in sitcoms, cartoons, and sometimes even in real life. By the 1920s, Van Cannell's invention had already become more useful than he ever imagined. But as time went on, even more benefits were discovered. For example, we now know that revolving doors greatly contribute to a building's energy efficiency. That's because energy is lost every time a door is opened in an air-conditioned or heated building. But since a revolving door maintains the seal of a building, the amount of energy lost is vastly reduced. And while saving energy is appealing enough, Van Cannell's design has also proven useful in generating energy, as the revolution of the doors can be used to power other features in a building. The revolving door has remained largely unchanged since its invention, a credit to the strength of Van Cannell's original design. Some modern revolving doors now use four individual panels instead of the original's three, and most frames are now made from aluminum and steel rather than wood, but functionally, the design is more or less the same. Theophilus Van Cannell exited the revolving door business in 1907 when he sold his company, by then known as the Van Cannell Revolving Door Company, to International Steel. That sale hastened the transition from wooden doors to steel ones, and the innovation proved a good one, as the manufacturer still exists today as the International Revolving Door Company. As for Van Cannell, he continued to tinker with other inventions, including the Witching Waves Amusement Ride, which was introduced at Coney Island in 1907, the same year he sold his company. Little is known about the inventor's personal life, except that he never married or had any children. Sadly, the lack of details about his private life gave rise to an ugly rumor in the early 2000s. It started with a satirical article claiming that Van Cannell's true inspiration for the revolving door was his distaste for the social convention of holding doors for women. In the following years, many researchers and journalists stumbled upon the article and took its dry humor as fact. And as a result, many otherwise reputable outlets began to paint Van Cannell as anti-chivalry, or in some cases, as a full-blown misogynist. In reality, there's no evidence to support the rumor, and the revolving door hardly put an end to door-holding. In fact, it drew more attention to the issue than ever, as people began to wonder whether it was nicer to let someone enter a revolving door first or to go push it yourself to get it started for the person behind you. Van Cannell died of heart failure in 1919 without ever having weighed in on the issue himself. But given his real motivation for inventing the revolving door, I think it's safe to say he didn't much care who used them or in what order, so long as they didn't let in that pesky draft. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, you can make sure we hear it by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
0: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.